This is the Pastor's Heart and Dominic Steele and the emotional well-being challenge of lockdown. Anxiety, social isolation, loneliness, defeat, anger and the loss of agency. I mentioned last week for the benefit of our international audience that our city, Sydney, has got off remarkably lightly compared to much of the world during COVID. The death rate in Australia is miles lower than many comparable countries and the disruption rate, well, since we came out of lockdown in July last year in Sydney, things have been, apart from not being able to travel overseas, reasonably smooth. And so it's been a massive jolt to our collective ego, to Sydney's system, to our esteem to be plunged into lockdown again by this Delta variant of COVID. I think we kind of tricked ourselves or allowed ourselves to thinking it was kind of all over for us. And apart from international travel, otherwise fine. Now we're right back in the thick of it. Three senior ministers that I've spoken to in the last 24 hours have shared with me how much worse they're feeling about this season than they were last year, even though the lockdown period is almost guaranteed to be so much shorter. It's a blow to our ego, our self-confidence, our complacency, our mood, and we're forced to be dependent on God all over again. What do we do for our mental well-being? the well-being of our staff teams, and the well-being of our people? How do we as church leaders play a part in creating hope and using lockdown for God's glory for reaching out rather than retreating back? From Anglicare, Mike Sheedy is the head of mental health and Trinette Stanley is family and life skills educator. Mike, can we start with you and your heart for pastors at this moment? Well, my heart for pastors, Dominic, is that they don't lose sight of God being in control. Uh, I think we know in our head that God's in control, but sometimes in our heart we want to put ourselves in control. I know personally when COVID came along, I felt out of control and a bit unsettled. Mm -hmm. And my heart is that pastors uh, remind themselves that God is in control, whatever is happening in the present time, and to look after themselves. As a result, don't don't uh, come down too hard on themselves, but to look after themselves and then they're better able to look after their families, their congregations and their communities. Now, you head the mental health department uh, at Anglicare. Um, what have you been doing this last week to care for your staff's mental health? Because lots of us as senior pastors, we're thinking ourselves, our staff and then the people in our church. Yeah. Well, Dominic, we've been at Anglicare um, and it's been led by Anglicare's CEO, Grant Millard. Um, we've run a last week a all of Anglicare uh, uh, web, webcam mm-hmm. where we um, just spoke about the whole topic of COVID. And um, uh, Grant spoke about um, what's happening with, you know, the status of vaccinations. And I spoke about... Um, just giving people permission to not come down too hard on themselves and to recognise that feeling anxious can be fairly normal mm-hmm. in this uh, type of situation. So at Anglicare, we're really just encouraging people to speak to others and not keep it bottled up in, amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. What kind of things are we bottling up, Trinette? Oh, well, all sorts of things, uh, really. And I think senior ministers have got <clears throat> a terribly difficult job at the moment. <clears throat> Pardon me, in terms of we senior ministers want to lead well and lead by example, but perhaps many of them are feeling overwhelmed, uncertain, 
not sure of the future. And I mean, this most recent lockdown was a prime example of that, that it got announced on Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. and senior ministers had to pivot, mm. you know, Super overnight. Yep. Yeah. For Sunday morning church. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I've, I'm feeling for the senior ministers as well. They've, mm. they've got a, a, a massive task on their hand as they, um, try and manage this this most recent lockdown themselves in a personal way, but then also lead their congregations in a helpful way mm. as well. We were discussing this at church yesterday morning, Mike, that um, uh, we, I mean, we've had the, yeah, the pivot last Sunday afternoon. Um, the public health order came out Sunday, Monday. The, um, uh, the change email that uh, came out that uh, got us all so angry on uh, Wednesday. And then um, the uh, announcement from the health minister changing things again on Thursday. That's a lot of change and actually a significant loss in agency. It is a loss in agency. And I mean, we can talk about the loss of agency in some of our uh, people who come to our churches and those in the community, but just starting off with loss of agency for ministry teams. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that God's in control, um, but we do what we can to plan things, to run good programs in our churches. And then when this comes along, it's just like you must feel like you've got the rug pulled from underneath mm. you. Ministry is hard enough without having, mm. without having COVID come along. So I, I, we're just encouraging everyone. And I'm thinking particularly of, of people in ministry teams in churches to just take stock and realize this is big and this is impactful and, Give yourself permission to recognise that it is tough, and one of the things you can do when you're when you're experiencing um, negative emotions about these things, like uh, strong anxiety, is just to try to normalise it and say, "Well, look, this is what happens in this sort of situation. It's normal for me to be feeling like this." Sometimes just doing that helps you reappraise the emotion and then helps you to move on. Mm-hmm. I want to wind back up to senior ministers in a moment, yeah. but you got me thinking about agency, um, particularly in terms of young adults. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. your research in that space uh, shown in terms of COVID agency, young adults? Yeah, it's interesting that this lockdown has come right at the start of school holidays as mm-hmm. well. So there was great expectation about what school holidays would hold. For this is the one we've people. been really yeah, looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's been advertising on the, on the TV, stay at, you know, holiday at home this year. There was great expectation. And, and like you said, Mike, the rug was pulled out from underneath us as we, mm-hmm. as we prepared for that. So for young people, um, they've hit school holidays with great expectation. And then none of those expectations have been able to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And then in the young adult age group, there is a, a swathe of um, young adults who have had their um, year 12 year disrupted. All mm-hmm. those kind of coming of age kind of opportunities have been taken away from them. They've perhaps started uni for the first time, which has great expectation attached to that. And then that hasn't, that's gone online and mm-hmm. they haven't been able to be on campus, being engaging with people their own age, transitioning that transition period through the end of high school into the rest of life has been stripped bare in a lot of senses mm-hmm. and hasn't um, come to pass the way that, that many would expect. Yeah, I'm seeing one of my young adult children who, I mean, we've had lots of discussions about which, what percentage of uni classes are going to be online and what are going to be in real life. Mm. And um, having had such a bad run of a year of disrupted uni, so looking forward to face-to-face teaching. And, um, and again, 
who knows what's yep. going to happen in a week or two's time. Yeah. Anglicare's recently launched its Life After Lockdown report, which people can get access on Anglicare's website. There's some really interesting research that that Life After Lockdown report's picked up. One of the things that's picked up is that young people in the last 12 months during COVID, there's been an increasing proportion of young people uh coming to Anglicare services for food and financial assistance. Mm-hmm. So they're being particularly hit, not just because they're hit because they can't see their friends as much or they can't go to uni face-to-face, which those things are important, but just the financial impact. They're more exposed to the hospitality sectors, the travel sectors, where some of those jobs have gone in the short term. They're more exposed to the gig economy, where they're gig workers. Mm. They're more exposed to living in share houses, which maybe their finances are doing okay, but somebody in their house They've lost their job, and then that unsettles the whole finances of the share house. So they're unsettled, and young people often lack agency, particularly if they're at home. They're already lacking agency. That's just an age and stage in life. When this comes along, they're impacted. And so we're seeing increased access by young people to Anglicare, increased access by young people across Australia to crisis services like Lifeline and Beyond Blue, and it's no wonder with what's happening. Tensions are higher everywhere, aren't they? I mean, I was talking to one young man yesterday, lives in a share house, and it's blowing up at home at the moment. And they're all at home and it's blowing up at home. What's, what's, is that the sense you're getting? Yeah, I think um, for everyone, uh, we are anxious individuals um, in this stage, in this point in history, I think, because we had our first lockdown last year and we've been waiting sort of for the wave of COVID. When's it going to come? When's it going to come? So I think all of us have experienced a certain level of anxiety. And then as individuals, we're living in families or in households that are now anxious. They're living in communities that are anxious. And the impact that that has then on interpersonal relationships is that we're dealing with two highly anxious people who perhaps don't recognise that they are anxious, Mm. that there is a, a tension there um, that plays out that perhaps hasn't played out before. So I think our whole communities are anxious communities at the moment, full of anxious individuals that are rubbing up against each other in a way that perhaps we haven't had to do before. And we're trying to work that out as we go. So I'm likely to lose my temper with you. (laughs) Potentially. And I'm likely to lose my temper with you. So (laughs) you can imagine, you can imagine, you know, parents are at home, let's say they've got young, they've got teenagers or young adults. And then let's say the typical scenario uh, one of the one of the young adults or teenagers doesn't like online study, goes well in an ex- goes poorly in an exam or an assignment, and when you are tense as an adult, uh, you can say, "Well, why didn't you study harder?" And that sort of attitude is reducing further the agency of the young person. It's completely understandable, and so we're trying to encourage people to be thinking about an approach where you would say to that young person. Um, look, that must be tough. Uh, what do you think you might be doing about it? Mm. Um, so it's a different approach. The first approach, which is the uh, trying to come down hard, further reduces the agency of the young person in the household and makes the, the household, the whole household more tense. Mm. Whereas the other approach, which is that must be tough, what are you going to do about it? Like giving the young person the agency to problem solve they're just some really small things that we're just talking to people about at Anglicare. What's your sense of the different mood in the community between this time round and last time round? Because, I mean, you've produced this little paper of 
handy hints to to do and I worked through it with our staff team on our Zoom meeting this afternoon and it was actually super helpful. But I discovered actually on my sample space of nine, our staff team, that some of them actually are handling it fine and some of them are finding it tougher. That's typical. I don't know what you're finding, Trinette, in the in the people that you're speaking to, but that is typical that it's not a one-size-fits-all. Some people actually like COVID. They actually feel quite comfortable mm-hmm. to be able to uh, nestle down a little bit and mm-hmm. have a quieter life. They actually quite like that. Others are more unsettled. And I think particularly some of the feedback that I get is I think we felt that maybe with the vaccinations coming along, we were going to get through this last year and maybe that was going to be the end of it, but it's continuing now. Mm. So in this next wave... I think we'd al- allowed, we'd, I don't even think we'd said this aloud, but we kind of thought we were out of it, you know? And yeah. the lockdowns were so 2020. That was yeah, so and, last well, year. Well, in this state, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. what they did in other places. Yeah. But, um, and with this latest Delta virus, it's, we it's know it's not more this... contagious. It's harder for the contact traces to get onto it. Mm. Um, so I think that's one of the differences. But, you know, for some people, they don't mind it. But other people, it's tough. It's mm. really tough. Yeah. Last year, I noticed um, there was a bit of research around saying assistant ministers were, were struggling and yet senior ministers seem to be coping. Um, have you any difference between those two things this year or too early to say? I don't know, Trinette, have you got any opinion on that? No, I think it might be too early to say because really we're a week and a half into this lockdown. Mm -hmm. If this lockdown extends, um, hopefully not, but if it does, it it would be interesting to see Mm. how that plays out. But, Mm. um, I mean, the first lockdown that we had last year went for, what, two or three months, so that Mm -hmm. was a significant amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm not not too sure on that. No, I think the same as uh, with Trinette, Dominic. One of the things the Life After Lockdown report showed by Anglicare was that just because a lockdown finishes, it doesn't all get better and happy families again straight away. Some of the measures of stress, mental uh, stress and help seeking for financial assistance, it was actually, last year was actually much more serious after the lockdown had finished. So there was a ongoing lag. residual, an ongoing lag, particularly with some of those financial incentives and all the good things the government did to inject some finances and keep things buoyant. When those, after the lockdown, when those things started to ebb away, the financial supports, it's sunk in for a lot of people. And I think in this current lockdown in New South Wales, when we come out of it, I don't think we can expect that it's all going to be uh, happy families straight away. I think we can expect a lag. We'll, we'll expect a lag of people feeling emotionally and mentally drained for quite a period. Hmm. I've noticed a difference in my own approach. I, I, I think uh, last time when we went into it, I was expecting six months. And this time I'm expecting two, three, four, five weeks. And something I can put these off, these things off until we life resumes rather than thinking I've got to work, I've got to come up with a workaround and, and it might be by putting this thing aside and thinking I'll deal with it in two, three weeks. If it goes on, I'll run run into trouble. Yeah. Is that yeah. have you thought like similarly or um probably haven't been thinking so much along those terms, but I think the point that you're making is that uh, you're feeling that you gave it more time last year. Hmm. Whereas this year you're finding you're expecting it to bounce back more quickly. Would yeah. that be right? Yeah. 
I'm having some interactions with people who are are having to postpone their wedding and Mm -hmm. they've put it off six months because they're thinking this might extend now. Let's, let's put it off long enough. And I know plenty of people last year who put off their wedding for three months and then five months Mm. and then 10 months. But, but I'm, I've talked to a few people who've gone, Oh, we can't do it now. So we're going to put it out six months and then hopefully by then this will have calmed down and and we can do it. So, Mm. um, perhaps our, Having been through lockdown now once and understanding what it's like to come out of lockdown, perhaps there are some people who are just postponing long enough so that they don't have to keep doing that rejigging, reanalyzing what are we going to do in two months' time. What are the diagnostic questions you want us to be asking to check people are okay? I think um, I think one of the questions is how are you going it's it's a bit boring but how are you going in keeping your routines if you're just working from home it's very easy for day to go into night in terms of if you're working from home when do you um stop work and when do you start work Hmm. so just asking things like how is it going in terms of keeping your routines are you still keeping if you're a christian are you still keeping your bible reading times and prayer times Mm -hmm. um so that could be a diagnostic question. Um, another diagnostic question could be, are you giving yourself uh, 10 minutes each day just to be thankful for some of the good things happening in your life? Because mm-hmm. not everything about COVID's bad. Mm. You know, some people will actually say, uh, COVID's brought some good things into mm. my life. Uh, with my, my wife and I, one of the good things that COVID brought into our life last year is we never had a tradition in our family of going for an early morning walk before work. Mm. COVID brought that on. It's a, a tradition now that we You've been doing it. It's changed your life, really. Well, um, it's uh, certainly increased my coffee intake because I go and get <laughs> coffee every morning. What, what time do you go walking? <laughs> <laughs> About 10 past six in the morning, yeah. rain, hail, or something. But it's been tremendous because... Um, my wife and I, so I would never have done it before COVID, but it's just an example of something good that can come out of it for me personally. And I know others have similar experiences, but for me, going for a walk, um, seeing the sunrise, um, having time with your partner to pray, uh, to be thinking, looking at God's beautiful creation, it's just a good way to start the day. So you, diagnostic questions, that's something you could ask. You know, what's good in your life? Um, what are you doing differently that's giving you some sort of positive benefit out of it all? Hey, I'll tell you a cool story. We did, As we went into COVID last year, I was um, our church on the National Church Life Survey was running behind the average on daily Bible reading. And, uh, and I was thinking, oh, this is no good. If our ch- church meetings are taken away and we're behind the average on daily Bible reading, I've got to work at getting daily Bible reading up. And so I started a little five-minute Bible talk at 7 o'clock every morning, um, just putting it out on Facebook, but getting up at 6, just doing what I could to put a five-minute talk together, putting it out. And um, we did the National Church Life Survey again the end of last year, and we'd gone up Fantastic. 20 points to way above the, the average. Um, and... I thought, oh, well, will I stop now? And I thought, no, this has been so good for me, that routine of an hour in the Bible every morning between six and seven. And as we've gone into this lockdown, I've got our staff together on Zoom just to read a chapter of, of we're just doing two Samuel, chapter of two Samuel uh, every morning at nine o'clock. And uh, 
that way we spend kind of 30 minutes together as, as a staff team and then go and do our day and just make sure everybody's together so on the same positive page. Things, there's some positive things coming out of it. So a diagnostic question is asking people about, well, what's positive? It's not all mm. bad change. Um, another diagnostic question is how connected are you staying mm. with people? How connected are you staying with God? Mm. How connected are you staying with your friends and family? How connected are you staying with um Neighbours, mm. here's an opportunity for, for churches to reach out, even if you're at home, to reach out. You could put something in your neighbour's letterbox, um, particularly if it's an elderly neighbour, would you like me to get your groceries for you? Mm. I passed a lady in Coles this morning, an elderly lady doing her shopping, and I thought wouldn't it be wonderful if there was someone in the local community that could go and do that for her so mm-hmm. she doesn't have to put herself out there in a mask at risk, mm. you know. Mm. Any other thoughts there, Trinette? Um, I think the thankfulness thing is, is very important, and so I would be encouraging that as well. But there's such a um, dovetail between mental health and physical health, so mm-hmm. I, would, I would be encouraging people to ask themselves, how's my physical health going? Yeah. Am I eating well? Am I sleeping at regular hours? Um, am I making sure that I'm getting enough sunlight each day? So I know for me, particularly in winter, the days are shorter. Um, I can get up in the morning, have breakfast, work from home and not get outside at all. So I try and in the afternoons get outside, <clears throat> sit on my front porch, have a yeah. cup of coffee, get a bit of vitamin D, just um, take some time to enjoy the fresh air as well and not being mm. stuck inside mm. all the and time. And for those of us in pastoral ministry, going for a walk with somebody is actually the only way I can yeah. have a face-to-face meeting with somebody. Well, I can go to their house as, as a minister, but um, actually better, I think, to go for that yeah. walk. Yeah, good and exercise. Gets yeah. them out of the house, provides an opportunity for some for some physical well-being as well as emotional well-being. Mm. Thank you so much for coming in. You're welcome. My guests on the Pastors' Heart, Trinette Stanley, who is with Family Life Skills Education for Anglicare, and Mike Sheedy, the Head of Mental Health for Anglicare. This has been the Pastors' Heart. Thanks for your company, and we'll look forward to you joining us next week. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.